I'm Martin Wilson, and this is The Next Turn, powered by ProTurn.io. The Next Turn is the home of conversations about skiing, ski racing, and sport. So thank you for joining us in the pursuit of better, to be better athletes, better coaches, better parents, and better fans. This week, a conversation with Philip Zubchik. Welcome back to The Next Turn. It's great to have you back here. It's great to have Jeff and Kara back. Kara, how are you doing? I'm well, Martin, but I'll be honest, I'm feeling a little bit for the athletes who are dealing with canceled World Cup races. That's got to be really tough. A lot of moving targets, especially with those early season ones, because now it's just this long, awkward pause waiting. Um, But yeah, I'm with you on that. Jeff, how are you doing, man? I'm good, Martin. Hey, Kara. Good to see you guys again. And I'm with Kara on this one. And uh, certainly disappointing for the women to be canceled and sold in. But we did get the men's race off, which was uh, outstanding work by all the volunteers in Solden for sure. It was a great race to watch. Um, also, bummer about uh, the speed races in Zermatt. Both the men and the women canceled there, so there's a long layoff. Um, so that kind of sucks for them, too. But how cool was it last week to talk to Sarah Hector? God, I love that that woman. A lot so of fun. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of fun. Um, I hope you all listened to her. She had a lot of great things to say. And again, um, I'm always going to encourage you to share your thoughts with us anytime possible. So you can do that at the next term slash thoughts. So we appreciate that. And for all those that have done that already, big high fives. We really appreciate it. some smart, intelligent thoughts coming our way. So we appreciate it. This week, Philip Zubchek, the man, the myth, the machine, pretty incredible conversation that Jeff and I got to have with him a, a few days ago. But as we do on the normal, let's get started with the hard facts in the story. Jeff, why don't you give us the hard facts on Philip Zubchik? Philip Zubchik, born 27 January 1993 in Zagreb, Croatia. He made his World Cup debut in 2012. He's competed in three Winter Olympics for Croatia, as well as six World Championships, but really hit his stride lately with 10 podiums since 2020, including three wins in the GS and second in the GS overall. He has become a GS specialist, and if you haven't seen Philip, he is a weapon, both on and off the snow. Check out the edition of Men's Health with Philip on the cover. Hey, Kara? Jesus, Jeff. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Whatever. I may have seen it. I might, I, might have, I might have bought that issue. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, when you stop blushing, Kara, why don't you give us the story on Philip? You guys aren't. Uh, never mind. Okay, forget it. Um, okay, so the story: the population of Croatia is four point five million people, and for reference, that's roughly the population of Montreal or Melbourne, Australia. I looked it up. Um, pretty impressive. Then, currently, there are five Croatians competing on the World Cup, so that is definitely part of the story. Uh, in this interview, Philip gives us a glimpse into the Croatian way, which may be attributed to the Kostelich influence. This is a small country with comparatively small mountains, but they are producing. And Philip talks about his upbringing, how strength and conditioning are and were paramount. Paramount, sorry. One thing is certain: Philip is in great shape, hey Jeff, and it's obviously working. He's had World Cup podiums. He's had wins, and admittedly, 2022 uh, was a tough year for Philip. And he speaks to what was missing from his skiing last season, and he says he knows exactly what he needs to do going forward. Um, just a word of warning: the audio isn't the greatest. We caught up with him just prior to the World Cup and sold in Austria, so he wasn't in his quote-unquote studio. But Martin, you had the opportunity to get 
super nerdy and technical in this interview, as I know you love to do. And Philip talks about his equipment setup, how and when he reviews video, and even how he warms up in the morning. You guys know how much I love learning about the, the drills these guys and girls are doing. And Philip's made significant changes in the past year, including cutting professional ties with the coach he's been working with since the age of 17. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but this guy is all business. And I found myself wondering if maybe he's a prodigy. Um, a couple of the spoilers. He doesn't like ski boots, doesn't like to be cold, and he doesn't like beer. But he's forthcoming and honest, and we are so excited to bring you this interview with Philip Zubchik. That's incredible, Kara. That's great. He doesn't like beer, and he's still a decent guy, so that's incredible. <laughs> um, I appreciate that. Folks, you've got the hard facts, you've got the story, and now we're going to give you our conversation with Philip Zubchik on the next turn. How, how do you put sold in, like, how do you frame it, the event itself, and how, as a marker of how that, you're doing? That's, that's always difficult because, uh, as you said, uh, we have sold them, and then we have, like, more than a month and a half until all this air. Of course, we have a leg, this parallel GS, but uh, real season is starting for me in, <laughs> in all this air, obviously. So, Selden is, it's a good test. It's a, of course, it's a good test what uh, what we did in summer. Uh, it will show how, how ready I am. For sure, I want to be um, I want to be in top position. That's it would be stupid if I'm not saying that. But uh, of course, focus is not on Zeldon. You just need to survive the Zeldon in your like training sessions. I would say because uh, it's, as you said, we have a big, ra- big break between Solden and Valdezer. But of course, I want to show my best king. Uh, I will have some really good trainings in the next days. And uh, of course, I will be ready. I, I'm always ready. You are always ready. I, I've heard um, that you are a bit of a perfectionist. Let, let's jump right into your uh, your skiing in the specifics. You you seem to be s- someone who doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Um, that you may like this. Your skiing is very Marcel Hersher like in some ways. That it like technically so sound, um, and you're not out of balance a lot. Sometimes it's tactical mistakes that that get you in yeah. trouble. Um, is that a f- fair assessment of your skiing? Um, and, and talk about that perfectionism in your skiing. Yes, sometimes I'm too hard on myself for sure. Uh, but you know, if you are not, if you, 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 you always have to be better. If you are satisfied with your results, with your skiing, uh, with your career, that's, that's not good for me. Uh, when I was first time on the podium, that was absolutely crazy for me in Alboden. But right after this podium, I knew I want to win. I want to win the race. So that was my goal five minutes after this race, or maybe one hour. So I did it in Japan, two races after. But then you're starting to, to think about it. You can, uh, you can fight for the globe. I mean, because I wasn't so far. So for me, it's always, I just want to keep moving up and... Uh, if you're not like sometimes hard on yourself, you won't do it. So that's why I want to do everything perfect. 
So everything I can, everything, everything must be like as sometimes it's difficult, but, uh, but you know, uh, all like uh, big champions there, they, they want to do everything perfect. The days that you've had a lot of success, your wins and your podiums, when I see you ski on those days, it seems very much arc to arc. You don't like to skid anything, and anytime there's a skid or or the hill gets to a point or the set gets to the point where a, a spivot is necessary, that's not your strong suit. Am I far off with that? That arc to arc is something that you really like the feel of. That's the fastest way, I would say. If you are not drifting, if you are not braking, uh, if you are skiing arc to arc, it's uh, that's really fast. But uh, you have to be physically extremely strong, uh, and you have to have both to be for sure. Because most of the skiers, even sometimes me, I mean, when I'm not feeling good, I like I like to drift, you know. But uh, that's not fast in the World Cup for sure. You can do it sometimes on the training. Maybe when it's really steep, it could be fast. But you have to you have to ski clean and smooth. That's that's most most. I think one of the most important things in in our sport. What are the, what are the keys or what are the the cues that you use or the technical things that you use to to make sure that you get to ski like that? What are you, what's your warm up progression like on the hill in a, in a morning? What drills do you use on a constant basis or things that you're working on that help promote that? Uh, usually in the morning, uh, I like to do like uh, maybe one or two easy rounds trying to find some uh, flat slope to do it, like to fill my my outside ski. Like that's really important for me that uh, I feel that uh, this pressure on the beginning of the turn, because how you how you start a turn, that's how you're going to end the turn. It's simple. So if you, if you start a turn, like really, like strong, aggressive, uh, without feeling, that's not good. Especially if the snow is difficult and the slope is difficult, it's going to kill you. So you're not going to do it. So you have to be pretty gentle at the beginning of the turn, and then you have to push. And then you have to survive this, uh, this G-force, which is always forcing you out. So mm-hmm. it is simple when you are in the, in the shape and uh, when you... Um, when you feel it. So, and then you have to have a really good uh, speed control because you're obviously, if you, if you ski clean, you're going to ski fast, really fast. So, and then you have to feel comfortable. So if you do everything right, you're going to feel comfortable. If you don't, you won't. So simple, I think. Can you, can you talk about what the biggest difference was you've been on the world cup for 10 years right 10 yeah. years 10 Actually, years on the world. yeah uh, it is 10 years i well, know i would not say maybe Close yeah i'm eight. yeah in, in in top 30 i'm well, yeah yeah it is 10 years two years i was i was like uh trying to do some world cup races and then i and then i did um top 30 yeah, after two years so yeah I'm so, explained. which is a long time to be 
to be yeah. on the road doing doing this. And in in the last two three years, you've really found a level, a new level of yeah. success at 26, yeah. 27, 28 years of age. You know, from from a, uh, a bunch of top thirties, but now you're on the podium. Those yeah. wins and every week, um, things were going pretty well. What happened? What were you able to change to, to go to that next level? Actually, uh, when I uh, made my first uh, big results in the World Cup, that was in 2015. Since uh, And then in the next five years, I was always around, uh, I don't know, 15, 14 plays, sometimes top 10. And I was not happy because every year was the same, like every time ending up around maybe qualifying for the finals, maybe not. And you know, I was a little bit uh, stressed about it because I was waiting for for my first podium, first time top five, even victory. And then I realized I just have to be patient, waiting for my moment. So when I was not thinking about it anymore. When I said, I just want to ski, I just want to enjoy. I just want to have every race as a reward of the training, not something special. Because I I was always maybe uh, too nervous when it was uh, season coming and then races and then everything was starting to me, like, uh, I don't know, to be too serious, I would say. But then I saw, you just have to be, I mean, we are training to be racing and racing should be the fun part, not something uh, something special. And then I started to do results. When I was not thinking about results anymore, when I was thinking about to, to have fun on the race, to enjoy this hill. And then I started to, to be in top three and then I won the race. So we are training to have fun on the race, to enjoy. Because that that's this is this is our day, the race day is our day to show our best skin. I love that. I I love that. How do you how do you measure that attitude where you're there for fun, and, and that patience that you're talking about? But also already in this conversation, you've talked about some like I want to get better. I want more. Like I finished third. Yeah, now I want sure. one more. Sure. How do you? How do you balance that patience versus the urgency to get better? How do they work together, the patience and the urgency? Well, that's always difficult to uh, to say that something. Uh, but most of most of the skiers or athletes doesn't know. I mean, uh, of course, when you're racing, you have to be like on different level than your training and that different mindset because it's uh, it's only you have only two runs and then i don't know that's really a tough question i would say don't yeah well, it's, it's the whole game like i try to ask that it's the whole game yeah it's there, there, there is no key i mean because i remember when i was like in my best shape uh, of my life that was like two years ago everything was going perfect for me, you know. I was jumping from slalom to GS. Mm, everything was going every day really good. And you don't know why. 
and you just want this feeling uh, to have like forever. It's the best feeling ever. How do you get it back when you lose it? How do you know? Like, do you know right away when it's not there? And, and what are the things that you do to try to get it back when it goes? Um, that was maybe the problem last year because I was I wanted to get it back as soon as possible. I was not patient. And that's why I was losing in the second round last year because I was I wanted to immediately get back on the top, you know. And uh, I think sometimes I'm my biggest uh, opponent, I think, uh, because uh, uh, I'm not patient, you know, not, don't want to wait. I want to take it right away, you know. So um, it's also like we don't have a key for this. Just needs to do everything what is in our power to to be physically ready, to be like, uh, to put skiing on better level that was last year. And then it's gonna happen for sure. Just have to, you just have to believe. I love that. We'll get back, we'll get back to some more of that in a minute, but um, I want <coughs> Jeff to take you back in time a little bit, Jeff. Okay. Uh, I'm always curious about how you started, and and if I have this right, your mom was a for uh, a former ski racer in the former Yugoslavia, yeah. and she put you yeah, on ski exactly. at two years old. Uh, yeah, actually, I was three years old. Uh, she put me on the skis. Uh, it was somewhere in Austria, I think, Nassfeld. That's where we went uh, when I was a kid. So yeah, um, I was like first to first. Two or three years, I was there with my parents, skiing just for fun. And then I started to race when I was uh, six, actually, in our home hill, Siena. That's where I did my first race. And uh, that's a fun story because I missed all the gates because I was a little bit uh, ashamed in the morning. I didn't want to race. I didn't want to go to inspection. I was crying. But then my parents said, no, we, we woke up at six in the morning. You're going to race today for sure. We don't care. And then we, uh, we had a one more race on the same day. Then I went to inspection with my mother. And then I end up, I don't know, something, 16, 17. And then it started. We just keep racing every weekend. And um, in the end of the season, I scored two podiums. And then... Everything else is uh, is history. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So you say you're not patient, but you've been skiing for uh, yeah, I've been skiing for six years. Yeah, yeah, actually, twenty six yeah. years. Yeah, it's crazy. Great. How did you go about learning how to race? Can you tell us about the program or the coaches that you grew up with, or the system in Croatia that you grew up in? and how you learned? Uh, we we grew up uh, in pretty good system, I would say, because uh, our coaches were pretty young, ex-skiers, and they, they had a really good ambition to, to make uh, good results with us. I mean, everybody who knows us Croatians, they know that we, we ski a lot. So when we were kids, we ski really a lot, like... Uh, all day, 
maybe one short break, but as much runs as we can do. I well, I think once when I was I don't know how old I was actually, but I think I did we did around forty runs, something like that. So we, you know, uh, that was all because of Kostelich family because they always. They always see a lot, you know. That's why they were so good. Because back in the days, uh, nobody uh, was training that much, you know. So we grew up in this system, like, see as much as you can. Uh, it doesn't matter about conditions, because we never skip the training. Even if it's, like, the worst day ever on the mountain, we don't skip the training. So and that's a really good thing. Even if uh, the lift is not working, you're hiking, no problem. Even if it's outside, like the worst storm ever, lift is not working, we are hiking and skiing. So it was because if you see, we, we don't have many skiers, but we have really good skiers. And that's, that's crazy. If you, if you look, we, in the last three years, we had five skiers in top 30 in slalom. And in whole Croatia, we have maybe 10 skiers, 12. So that's great. That's some, that's some old school Ante Kostelic stuff, huh? Yeah. Like yeah. the, the yeah. grind. Every day, every day you have to use, every run you have to use. And after 12, after 20 years, you're going to do it for sure. How has that evolved for you now? Do you. Are you used the same way now, or or do you no, or or do you think a little differently? How do you measure things with your body and um, and what you need yeah, to do? I'm, I'm I'm not I'm not that young anymore, so currently I'm doing like maybe between uh, in the preseason between eight, eleven, twelve rounds maximum, uh, and in the season five to eight rounds. Not, not, uh, not that much, because my my body is not anymore that young and recovery is not fast anymore. So uh, I'm trying to do a lot of skiing in the preseason, in the summer, especially in the spring. Uh, but when season is starting, I'm I'm trying to to get really quality training and uh, do less runs, because uh, then I get really tired in season and um, I can't perform. It's not good for me. I'm going to let Jeff jump in here again and talk about uh, your fitness regime in a certain topless men's health photo he, he wants to talk about. <laughs> well, I, I wondered if, uh, once I saw that photo, I wondered if you uh, if you ever drank beer. So, but, but I, <laughs> but how, <laughs> I don't like beer. <laughs> so how important is your fitness? Like, I mean, you talked about resisting the G-forces and how, and how well you did two years ago when you were in your best shape. So fitness must be a big part of your, your regime. Yeah, so physical preparation is really important for me. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to keep my body in, in the best shape because uh, maybe we don't have the best, uh, we, don't, we can't get the best trainings on the hill because we don't have the mountains in Croatia. So we have to fight to get a good slope, to get a good line, everything else. But to, to be physically ready, you don't need anything. You just need to be strong here. So mm, this is always something what I want to get 
uh, what, what I want to have as my advantage to be physically uh, the strongest in uh, in a circuit because I am for sure one of one of the best prepared guys there. Uh, I can say that. So I'm training like a maniac during the summer, during the spring, uh, and uh, in skiing is difficult because you have to be really strong. You have to have really good. Um, you have to lift really good weights, and you have to have really good uh, endurance. And everything is like if you are strong, maybe you don't have a good endurance, or it's opposite. So you have to have a good balance, and that's not easy. But uh, we are doing pretty good, I think. And I have a really good uh, physical coach, Marino Basic. He's one of the best uh, in Croatia for sure. I'm training with him since I was, uh, I think, 17 years old. So, yeah, we did a pretty good result. We'll be right back. Hey, ski racing fans. If you like what you hear, why not rate, review, and subscribe to The Next Turn? It's helping us gain traction, and we really appreciate it. As always, we'd love to hear your thoughts of the day. Share them with us at thenextturnpodcast.com. You might be featured on our Swix Thoughts of the Day. Also, never miss an episode. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Next Turn Podcast. The Next Turn is powered by ProTurn.io. ProTurn.io is a wearable GPS device. It collects 5,000 data points per run. It captures speed, acceleration, deceleration, distance traveled, time, radius, and even G-force. In my opinion, it makes the pursuit of better even better. For more information about ProTurn and how the Next Turn listeners can receive 10% off their purchase, go to proturn.io slash the next turn. Now back to our conversation with Philip Zubchik on the next turn. I'm going to switch gears here a little bit and ask you about your equipment. Okay. And, and you know, if that's, if the physical pieces is, is a big piece and the mental piece. And the, yeah, for sure. The, the equipment plays a role. How do you, what kind of, do you leave that to the text? What role are you playing in dialing in your equipment? How fussy, how particular are you with your equipment? So actually uh, in GS, I have my, my setup already two years. I'm using these long skis, uh, 198 centimeters, boots pretty the same, angle same. So in GS, I'm not... Uh, oh, in, in Ushuaia, I was testing a lot because I want to see. But still, my setup, which was the best uh, two years ago and three years ago, it's still working really good for me. Obviously better than some things that I try, some new things. Because it's not... Because people always think, people always think that new things are better, but they're not. You have to find something what is working for you. Maybe it's not working for somebody else, you know. But uh, equipment is important for sure. You have to have good equipment. You have to have a lot of skis because, uh, I mean, I'm skiing a lot, so I'm destroying my equipment. But at the end, you have to keep it real simple because uh, it's going. if you are testing a lot, 
then you are not focused on your training, I think. Mm -hmm. What adjustments do you make for surfaces? That's something that's been a little bit different. Uh, It's not as hard and icy every every race. Um, The snow has been a little bit different. Do you make any adjustments to your equipment based on snow conditions or do you make the adjustments with your skiing to, to deal with the snow conditions? Mm, maybe mm, if it's like icy, normally icy and wet snow or a little bit grippy, we try to have the same. Only if it's really, really icy, then we try to make skis a little bit more sharper. That's all. Because I, I like to ski with really sharp skis, even if it's soft or like pretty hard snow. Uh, the only thing that I don't like when it's really dry and aggressive snow like uh, we had in, in China this year. That's something I don't like because uh, I'm a really aggressive skiing a skier. And then with my skiing on this snow, it's kind of difficult. It was a struggle for a lot of guys over there that that grippy snow yeah, wasn't. Yeah, I was, I was, I was struggling a lot. I was struggling a lot. I was, I don't know. I was totally lost on the race. Yeah, usually it doesn't happen to me, but I was have to. I have to say. Do you look at any of the other guys and and go, that guy does something really, really good. I want to do that. Do you pay yeah, much attention to what anybody else is doing, or are you pretty singular focused? I like to see what how other guys are skiing, but I don't. I never copy. Never in my life. I never, never wanted to be somebody else. I always want to be myself, and I want. I always wanted to uh, to improve my skiing as much as I can, and then, and then you can you can win for sure. If you are trying to copy somebody else, this guy, that guy. It's not good for you. You have to you have to force your skiing to be the best because if you if you look I don't know top ten skiers in GS every skier is a, is a different different approach different ent- entering the turn uh, different angles uh, some skiers are like Odermatt he's staying really high perhaps me and Karanets we are a little bit much lower with the hips than Odermatt. Uh, Pinturoids, uh, he looks really like never, he never, never had a problem, like, like totally easy. So if, if you try to be somebody else, you won't be good. No chance. Like I, I remember back in the days, a lot of skiers tried to copy Ted Ligeti. That's impossible. He was the only one who can ski like this. The only one. Do you know? what you have to do to get better yet or or are or is that something that you if you if you don't see it if, if you don't see it what's better in odor mod do you know yeah, what you have to do to get better or do you have to figure out what you have to do well, of course i know what i need to do to to get better uh i think we i'm not that far you know these are just small things what I need to do. Of course, the most important thing is entering the turn. And that's when I improve this, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be again on the top for sure.
because that was uh, what was missing last year for me. And that's what Odermatt is doing great. He's going straight, really, really, really high hips. He's never down. And then, and then you can go really straight and you can force beginning of the turn, you know. So, of course, I know and I will do it this year for sure. I like that. Well, can I ask you one more um, nerdy equipment question? Um, sure. what, what do you... What do you do with your boots? Do you play much with your boots? Uh, can you talk no. about what your setup is? Is it an aggressive <clears throat> setup? Is it stiff as mm. hell? I have uh, stiff boots, nothing special like uh, some other guys. Uh, foam wires, that's what I'm using like mm, last 10 years. And I like to switch uh, the boots like every three months, I would say. Something like that. Not liners, only only the plastic. So, so you beat up, you like is the boot pretty stiff? Do you do anything to make yeah, it stiffer I, I, or I, out, I, of, out of the box? No, I I, I, I don't have something uh, something special special stiffer than than some other skiers. I have pretty pretty the same, but I like to to change the plastic. Like uh, now I have a new one, and I will change it in December. Perhaps one more time before we go to US or maybe after. So I have the same boot uh, already five years. We have a really good boot in Atomic. So not, wow. not, not changing, not changing you, the, the model. Do you switch up between Slalom boots and GS boots? Yeah. yeah What's, the different different. What's the difference? What's the difference? Uh, actually, the difference is uh, maybe GS boot is a little bit more more aggressive and harder. That's what I would say. And I like to to strap it really hard in GS. In slalom, not that much. So, but in slalom, you know, still trying to find something which is which is uh, which is which is better for me you know because in slalom I'm struggling a little bit can i ask you one more nerdy question about your boots sure. as, as much I, as I, you I love this stuff um, in your in your boots um, i know some athletes give a lot of space for their ankle to move um, do you have yeah big i foot, open it do you have yeah. uh, footbeds do you bang out the ankle so you have some room yeah, I have a little bit problems with my ankles, so I need to to spend like uh, every time when we make new boots at least two hours in the factory to to do a good fitting. But um, that's that's what I don't like about skiing ski boots. They're not comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> they're not comfortable. They're not warm. I'm I'm freezing every day. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm at the point where I I love skiing, but I hate being cold. If we could figure out how to do it in a warm way, that'd be great. Yeah, it's um, terrible ski boots are terrible. You mentioned it. You mentioned it earlier, Philip. Your um, that you've got a team of four other guys like pounding yeah. away in the top thirty. Can you talk about that group? Who they are, what they bring to the table, and and what that group yeah. as a whole is like. So there is Isto Krodesh, 
uh, Samuel Kolega and uh, Matej Vidović. So uh, four of us are like uh, A team in Croatia. Uh, actually, Samuel Istok and me, we are training pretty much all together and Vidović is like um, pretty much alone, different plan totally. We'll have our, uh, our coaches, our technicians, so we are not uh, like uh, same team, but uh, we are trying to, sk- to stick together because it's, it's better to train together, of course. So uh, Istok is, uh, he's a great skier. He had some problems with injuries uh, in the last two years. He broke his elbow uh, last summer in, uh, in, uh, in transfer. He had a twist surgery which was really difficult for him to, to race last season, but actually he did it. He, he did some really good races in Garmisch and he came back. So I think he's going to be really, uh, really, really good this year and he's going to be ready. Uh, Samuel, he's, uh, he's the youngest uh, guy in our team. Um, and uh, finally, he's in top 30. So he had a really good season last year. Uh, he was 14, I think, or 15 at the Olymp- Olympic Games, which was really good for him. So we have pretty young team, and I think we can do uh, as a group really good results. Uh, guys are skiing more slalom than GS. I'm skiing both, so I think in slalom we can make some some great results in the future. We'll be watching. Can't wait. Um, yeah. You, yeah. you mentioned that some of your team around you has been like your physio. I think it was you said been around you since you were 17 or 18. Or um, what uh, about your co- coaching staff? Any, uh-huh, coaching staff. Uh, this year I changed my coach. Like um, I was with my old coach Marco Schumann. I was for the 14 years, so he was my coach ever since we we. We start to do fish races. So this year, I decided to change. We had some little problems, and I needed to to do this change because in the sport, if you feel that you need a change, you have to do it. So uh, right now, I uh, I have a coach uh, Sergey Komarov. He was a, a good uh, Russian skier. Um, he was two times. Uh, uh, second at the World Junior Championship in uh, Donkel and Super G, so it's a really good coach. Have a, he have a, he have a really good experience because he's a coach in the last I don't know 15 years. Uh, I have a new serviceman Kiki Krasnich, uh, which is really good for me uh, because uh, I also needed to to make this change. And uh, there is also my sister in my team. She's uh, uh, she's an uh, assistant coach, um, helping with uh, everything, basically. Keeping you normal. And yeah, yeah, for sure. And uh, my father is uh, with me my whole career, so it's uh, it's a good to have my father on my side because he's like. Uh, He's helping me a lot with my uh, with everything. He's not my coach, but he's here always by my side to help me with 
all digital stuff which we are like have during the season. So he's here uh, as a, I would say, I don't know how to say it, but he's here to help me with uh, when I'm mad, when I'm uh, not happy with results, uh, to cheer me up, to to I don't know, to talk to me. So he's uh, he's help. Yeah, to keep me normal. So it's good to have uh, some family members on your side uh, during these difficult uh, seasons. So yeah, you talked a little bit about how you used your sister and and your father in roles of coaching. But how do you how do you use your coach during video on race day on training days? How how does that conversation work with your coach? Who leads that? Does your coach say, "Hey, Philip, this is what I think. What do you think?" Or is it say, or is it you that leads it, going, "This is what I think. What do you think?" Uh, of course, he's leading because uh, I want my coach to be my leader. You know, uh, because I I always have my my opinion. What I think is good, what I don't think is good. Maybe if we have some uh, arguments about it, if he thinks that something is good, but I think it's not or opposite. Uh, but we always um, have pretty clear conversation. And uh, you know, I don't like to have a long, uh, long video. You know, we do it like maybe ten minutes, not longer, because I don't think that uh, if you do like video every day i don't know 45 minutes one hour that's not good because you have to you have to know what you are doing while you're skiing because you have to have this feeling if you're skiing good or bad it's not it's not good that if you're if you think you're skiing good but then you ski then you see afternoon that you didn't ski good you know so that's why i don't like to do like uh, some long uh, video every day that's that's not the most important thing, I think. I, I think it's really fascinating. Uh, a couple of things, like that you had the coach for that one coach for that long. But yeah. I, I we, Martin and I talk That's all the time about skiing is about feel. And it seems like for you, that's everything, including equipment, yeah. uh, snow, sure. everything's about feel as opposed to overanalyzing. Is that, we have that right? Yeah, I mean, uh, you have to you have to for sure feel what you are doing. I mean, that's not easy, but uh, but as I said, every good skier has to know if he's fast or he's not fast. You know, and you that's the most difficult thing in skiing to control how fast you want to be on the training because. If you if you go every day like idiot full gas, then you don't you won't know anymore where your where is your limit. But so that's why I think if you are watching too much video, then you don't know on on the hill in your head what is going on. You know that's why I think the feeling it's it's really important to feel the boots, to feel the skis, snow edge. Uh, your balance, upper body. You you have to know what you are doing in every every second. We got a few more minutes left. 
when okay. when you talk about all these things that you have to be good at and what you're working on, again, you're dialing in your equipment, you're dialing in your the physical stuff, the technical and tactical. Yeah. And but you talked about it, how important the mental game is. How is. how do you train yourself mentally? How do you train yourself to be patient? How do you train yourself to not be too mean? Or do you just do it, do it <laughs> until it goes better? How, what, what's the, what's the course, training of course, process? Of course, I have a person who is helping me with that. Uh, there is one lady in, uh, in, uh, in Zagreb who is, I would say, my mental coach, uh, helping me with this stuff. Actually, he's helping me it's not something that uh, I don't like to do some mental trainings, what some other athletes are, are doing. Actually, she's helping me mm, to get to information I want as quick as I, as, I, as I want, you know, because of course we have, sometimes we have really tough days when, oh, I don't know, you make some stupid mistake, uh, or something uh, and then if you're not qualified for the second second run then you are getting totally crazy for me that was before really difficult i was uh, i don't know sad for two or three days you know and then i realized why maybe i have the race next day i'm still losing my energy because i was i was bad two days ago you know so I was sometimes I was pretty mean on myself, and that that was not good, you know. So right now, I would say I'm mentally um, much more stronger than I was three or four years ago. I mean, I'm getting obviously I'm getting older, smarter, uh, all this stuff. I'm not a kid anymore. You know, it's it's difficult when you are winning or when you are losing. It's pretty same. You're losing emotions. Both are, at the end, both are the same emotions. If you are winning, you don't have to be too excited because you're losing too much energy. If you are losing, you don't you, you you don't have to be too sad because you're losing energy. So you have to always find the balance. I think that's a terrific answer. I I've said to Jeff plenty of times that you know a, a good ski season could mean two or three good days right and you could have a great season by yeah. two or three good days yeah. and you don't know when those two or three days are coming and boy would it be silly to miss one because you were sad about the day before of course of course that's what i did good last year in gold there i was third in the second run gs in the first run of gs then i then i crashed in the second run lost everything i was skiing good i was in the shape I was for sure, uh, I mean, it's stupid to say that I would be on the podium, but I was thinking really good that day. But then I was, I said, okay, have to relax now. Have to, this race is over. Now you have to rest. Have to prepare for the farm tomorrow. Because we have one more day. It's completely different day, completely different discipline, completely different sport, different skis, everything is different. And I did it. I was on the podium next day. Scored my first uh, podium in slalom, and that was a big success for me. You know, 
mentally big success for me. I love that. That's terrific. Because usually I would, you, know, I would, I would, I don't know. After GS, I would uh, take my slalom skis, go for the slalom training, uh, do three or four rounds, uh, go to training afternoon, just to punish myself. You know, <laughs> to think it's going to be good tomorrow, but it won't. I will get tired, exhausted, and then nothing will happen. <laughs> That's some more of that old school Ante Kostel. It's bullshit. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I did it also this year in Kranskagora. You know, I was, I was, I was uh, in Kranskagora. I was my skin was disaster. Then after first run, took the skis, and I was skiing 10, 15 runs between first and second run, both days, just free skiing. Didn't know what that's, to do anymore. That's, that's, that's incredible. Last question. It might be a tough one. Um, when you look at this upcoming season, the next couple of seasons in your career, how, however long, um, what are the goals that you have? How do you go about setting goals? Is it, I need this many podiums? Is it a globe? Or is it, I need to be, I'm ready to go this many days? What are your goals and how do you go about setting them? So, of course, my goals, I, ha I have my goals since I was a kid. I want to I wanna be a world champion. I want to be overall winner of GS. And maybe, I mean, I want to win a big globe. That's like ultimate goal, I would say. So uh, it's always the same goal for me. I want to win. That's like, it's always the same approach every race. It's, I don't have a different approach. If I, when I was racing, with number 64 or when I'm racing with number one. Always same approach. I'm here to win. I'm not here to, to I don't know, to ski a World Cup, to be on TV, to, I don't know, to be happy that I'm skiing World Cup, to compete at the Olympic Games. I don't care. I always want to win. And that's always my goal. So what you can do, you can always, it's stupid to think about the results because First, you have to ski good, you have to prepare yourself good, you have to be healthy, uh, you, have to have, uh, you have to be really strong, physically prepared, and then you have to ski good on the, on the race day. Even if you do all these things good, maybe you won't win, but you have to believe it. So, uh, this season is going to be the same as every season. But I think with better results. I'll, but I will have always the same approach. Everybody. Welcome back. Thank you so much to Philip for a wonderful conversation and being so open and honest with us and really giving some thoughts to some of his answers. So much appreciated. It is now time for our SWIX Thoughts of the Day. As always, we encourage you to share your SWIX Thoughts of the Day with us at the Next Turn Podcast dot com slash thoughts Kara, what are you thinking what are your swix thoughts of the day well when we interviewed fellow croatian uh ivisa kostelic in 2021 i remember saying that i wanted to have a beer with him because you'll remember we were having a very lively debate with ivisa and uh jan hudek but in philip's case i just want to observe him training which really works well because as we just learned he doesn't even drink beer um, i read a quote on his athlete page that says 
work hard for 360 days of the year and chill for five. That's a formula for 100% success. Okay. So after listening to him speak, it's clear that this is exactly what he's doing. He's putting in the work and he obviously loves the pain cave and keeping his body in shape, not even good shape, phenomenal shape, like superhero shape for him. This is a prerequisite for success. He's not here to, for the world cup experience. He doesn't just want to get the Olympic tattoo and then call it a day. He wants to win. He talks about having success early in his career and how that ignited a hunger inside of him to prove that he could back up and be on the podium every single time. And we've spoken to so many athletes that have had similar experiences. It's hard to, to do that after you've had it so young. So Philip was clearly raised to be a World Cup ski racer. I think we can all agree on that um, after listening to him. But, but what he's learned on his own through 10 years of experience in this harsh sport is that he needs to arm himself not only with a tough exterior, but mental stamina and resiliency. He's had to work on his mental game, his perspective to get past the disappointment and not expel energy on the negatives. And where he was once, uh, he'd once punished himself in training for not doing well in a race. He now views racing as a reward for training. And that is such a remarkably evolved perspective change. That's incredible, Kara. I really appreciate that. Um, Jeff, go ahead, argue some of that if you can. Good luck. What are your Swix thoughts of the day? I'm not going to argue any of that. I'm just going to echo some of uh, what Kara said. This guy is a machine. He doesn't want to be compared to anyone else. He wants to carve his own path and he wants to inspire others. He's incredibly hardworking and focused. And he wants only one thing, as Kara said, and that's to win. I love when he talked about training as a kid and how tough it was and how they never missed training regardless of how cold it was what the weather was like and even on the toughest days when the lift wasn't working they hiked the hill to get in their training what did he tell us there was one day they did 40 runs in a day of training man perhaps we need some more of that grit here in north america martin what are your swix thoughts of the day well, first, I think that you, you know, just fired some shots across the bow there, calling out some North American kids. But I, I'm with you a little bit with that as well. I, I'm fascinated by the old school nature of the environment he grew up with. Like Kara said, heavily influenced by the Kostelich uh, family. It's kind of like the beatings will continue until morale improves kind of an atmosphere. But how he's taken that and used the best parts of that environment and learned how to make it his own and sort of soften it <laughs> as much as Philip can soften something um, like soften it. So, so it works for him and he's looking after himself a little bit more. I'm really fascinated by that to the, to the point where he's got his dad and sister traveling with him um, to, to help create the environment around him. That's a little more comfortable. That's incredible. And that contrast is really interesting. You know, the way he works going into this, I, I was thinking a little bit, you know, we were joking, like Rocky for Drago kind of a guy, and he works with that kind of intensity, and he, and he's a beast physically, but he's at times almost cruel to himself with the level of expectations um, he has for work. Um, but again, he's figured it out, and it's incredible to see. Um, and it's just a real pleasure to get to know him a little bit more and, and see these extra layers. I really enjoyed the conversation with him. I was fascinated by him. Um, that's where I'm thinking. Those are my swick thoughts of the day. I love the fact that we have another athlete who has 
discovered that once skiing is fun again, that's when they achieve their best results. Yeah. You say that you say that, right? And I know that it's it's this is what gets me about this. As a coach, I can't stand with that being told, like, let's just have fun. The fun comes after the hard work, right? Yeah. Like Philip is, you, you talked about it, Kerry. He's in the pain cave. He, he's he's in the hurt locker. He does the business. So race day can be the fun part, right? You earn How it long did it pain. take him to get there? It took him a long time to get there. Yeah. Really interesting stuff. I don't know. It, it, it's just a nice contrast to see him come through there. And especially like you did, compared to the North American model or philosophy. And it just goes to show to their own self be true, right? Find your own path, find what works for you, make the best out of an environment, whether it's the greatest or not, figure it out um, and use what you can. Really interesting conversation. Jeff, thank you for that. Kara, thank you for that. Philip, thank you for a wonderful conversation. Thank you all for joining us here on The Next Turn, powered by ProTurn.io. We'll see you next week. See you.